Carlton put Fremantle back in their box of mediocrity. Brisbane are viciously torn apart by the Melbourne Demons, who turn into demons. And the Eagles make a late push for finals. This, this is, is the Bruce Woody Show. Hey, long road, took a tumble down this black hole. Stuck in Sunday League, but I'm on levels Hello, with Ronaldo. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Drew Footy Show with my good companion, Jesse. Jesse, how are things, buddy? Good, until you called me your companion, but we'll get along with the show. <laughs> we can be more than that if you want, just let me know. My sweet concubine. To get involved in the Drew Footy Show, we didn't have many questions this week, Jesse. So go over to the Drew Footy underscore Instagram account and follow it up to send in questions on the Instagram story sticker. That's how you get involved in the show. Let's get rolling, baby. There was no Bloke of the Week nominations. As I said, Jesse, the Plonkers were weak this week in terms of questions and Bloke of the Week nominations, so we're going to skip it. I'll just give it to you this week. You're the Bloke of the Week. I like Finally, you, you're my friend. It's taken a year and a half to get recognised. I'll just keep bloking in week in, week out. I don't know what that means, but it's good to finally be uh, taking this award home. Jesse, you are the bloke of the week. Yes! <laughs> to be fair, I have um, I have made the mullet really filthy, so I borderline qualify anyway. Qual- yes. Yeah, I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> On to our winners and losers of the week, Jesse. I'm going to start with my winners of the week. going to start with the first game of the round, which was Melbourne versus Brisbane and often with the winners of the week what we do is we give it to the winners of the game that we talk about so obviously it's going to be the Melbourne Demons it was quite a slow start and I was like uh oh Melbourne are on the ropes here and I was happy about it because as a team that's trying to come up you want to see the best teams struggling but after that second quarter they came out vicious relentless like every contest they put a body on it was such a physical game the Brisbane boys would have been battered and bruised, would have been needing an ice bath after this one for sure, because their bodies would have been displaying a lot of inflammation. Brisbane had no time on the ball, and that was the decisive factor in this game, I thought, was the physicality just overwhelmed the Lions, and it's made Melbourne, you know, it's put them back into form. They're looking real scary again. Like, before, uh, in their first 10 games, they were sort of just like, I don't know, playing some polished football, nice stuff, getting results. But after that Brisbane game, like they showed a real scary side to the Demons. A real Stephen May-esque performance from the Ds. What do you make of the Ds' performance after the three losses that they had to bounce back and get a big dub against the Lions? Yeah, they, uh, they, it was definitely a bit of a statement performance, wasn't it? As you say, they've sort of coasted this year without reaching top-level form. It's impossible to stay at the uh, at the top level for so long. So they had, understandably, a dip, and, it, and those three games that they lost were against pretty good opponents. So uh, I wasn't concerned for them, and it's good to see, in a sense, them sort of hit back to their top form. And I still think no one's... No one's on Melbourne's level when they're playing as well as, as they did against Brisbane and, and how well they played in finals. So for me, re-emerged, uh, or even I just, in my opinion, they've constantly been um, the favourite for me, but they've kind of made a big statement by smashing Brisbane, who were, you know, second or third seed. Yeah, I agree. And they had some pretty uh, important outs, the Lions. Zach Bailey didn't play, Zorko didn't play, but I don't think it would have made a difference anyway. They just wanted to get on the plane and go home by halfway through the third quarter, I felt. I'm going to give my losers of the week this week, Jesse, to Hawthorne. And we were speaking off air about them before because I've been hot on them this season because I think their best football is just about as good as probably like a top four side. But they, they just stink it up in times. Like against the Bulldogs, they come out firing. 
they were, I think, three goals up at quarter time, and then they scored one goal in the second and third quarter, one goal for the two quarters. Um, and then they come out in the last quarter and kick seven. Mitch Lewis had a massive game. He's going to emerge as a Coleman medal, uh, I don't know, fancy one day, I suppose, because he's doing all the right things that a key forward should. But it's just this inconsistency from the Hawks that's going to give them the losers of the week for me this week, Jesse. Yeah, fair enough. They've been pretty disappointing since, uh, I think it was four losses on the bounce since they beat Brisbane down in uh, Tasmania. And uh, it's understandable. They're a team in transition. As you point out, their best football is very, very good. Uh, but their worst football is pretty bad. And I think um, they're probably the big example for me is of a team who's got a huge gap between their best and worst, probably more so than any other club at the moment. So uh, I, I, honestly, long-term, I don't think it's a, it's a big deal because I think um, the fact that they can play so well, it's, it's a really good sign as opposed to a side that's sort of you know, trudging along and it's hard to see what the upside is, like a, a North or even a West Coast two weeks ago. Uh, at least with Hawthorne, we know that the, their best is very good. So I think it will just be a matter of time for them. But yeah, disappointing result. We've got a question that sort of relates to the trajectory of the Hawks from Tommy Peacock. He wants to know, will the Hawks do a 2021 Swans next year, i.e. be disappointing this year but explode in 23? I think that's just like the natural growth of a rebuilding side, right? Like, the Hawks have been in this sort of rebuild. Obviously, their first season under Sam Mitchell this year. So they're just trying to find their game plan, and we've seen it work. They've had some big wins this year, but it's just that consistent week-to-week effort. And obviously, that'll continue to improve and improve and improve, and probably next year, I'd tout them to be a top-eight side. Yeah, I don't think it's a massive call to suggest they could play finals next year um, because of the reasons we just said, like their best football is really good. I think it's a good sign as a young side if your best is, um, you know, able to match it with the best teams and and your worst is just a case of inconsistency. I think that's a good sign as opposed to the, you know, the examples I just mentioned when you're, you're playing mediocre every week. It's probably better to have those, you know, promising signs and then, you know, you cop a bit of inconsistency. So yes, they are a contender to bounce into finals next year. Who are you going to give your winners to this week, Josiah? My winners of the week this week, uh, I think I'm going to shout out Carlton, your uh, second favourite club, um, uh, who happened to uh, to beat Fremantle by about five goals on the weekend. I, I think this is a, a good statement win because you know they had a great start to the year, faltered in the middle of the year. They lost to Fremantle is one example, and they lost to Richmond um, recently as well, and, and people were starting to have some doubts over their, uh, their credibility. But I think this one, you've got to give them credit for beating a very, very good team in Fremantle. And I tip Fremantle, I think you did, and I think a lot of people did, to be honest. Um, but Carlton showed a lot of resilience to, to get a pretty good result. And yeah, 31-point win, um, it's relatively convincing. So in the scheme of the top four race, you know, I think they're fifth at the moment, but they're two games clear or maybe one game clear of six. And either way, there's still a buffer. They're still keeping in touch with that top four. So um, yeah, huge result. My whole reasoning with tipping Frio, like going away to Carlton, I've always hated, but this was the most confident I'd ever been going into it. I commented on Blue Abroad's preview saying, I'm keen to do the double on the Blues, let's go. He messaged me after the game saying, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for that, Terry. Um, But so my reasoning with tipping Frio was they have about six key defenders injured. And we went in with like a real tall lineup. Like Sean Darcy often drifts forward. You've obviously got Rory Lobb, Matt Tabner, who come back into the side as well. So we had like all of our real keys in there. But we had like bugger all entries all game. Like our defense. Story held of my love up. life. 
our defense held up so well for it to only be a 30 point margin because I reckon the time in Cullen's forward half just as a spectator I don't know what it actually was but it felt like it was like 80% Carlton and that stemmed from the midfield of the Blues Sam Walsh I never was old enough to watch Ben Cousins but from what I hear like that would that be a fair comparison in terms of um running power being able to win the contested ball um and just composure and whatnot like Every time there was a stoppage, Sam Walsh was the first one out. And I said this in the nine things that I learned this week. I'd compare it, as I said, never watched the Eagles during those years, but like a Chris Judd-Cousins-esque partnership with the big body of Cripps, so well-balanced, like he can like ride a bump, win the ball, and still dispose of it um, efficiently. So what do you think of that comparison in terms yeah, of... Yeah, I think, I think it's actually a... A pretty astute comment. I, I mean, Judd, I think, is kind of stands on it by himself as that unique player. Like, he has the Crips capabilities, but he also had the danger field speed. But in terms of comparing Walsh to, to Cousins, they're both, like, really gut-running, run-all-day outside mids that could win their own ball, but deliver the ball well. So, yeah, I actually don't mind that comparison. That was where the game was won and lost for me. Like, Brayshaw and Sarong got taught a lesson. We did have a question that I'm, I didn't... I just observed i haven't got it in here but about david mundy like is he sort of you know he's 366 game an hour and in a game like this when it's like mundy up against someone like a matt kennedy george hewitt patty cripps like just the strength to be able to go for four quarters and when like the the heat is hot in the kitchen can you really just put your body on the line and go like it was just a, I don't know, we got taught a lesson from the Carlton midfield on Saturday morning, Jesse, and I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> yeah, hard to say with Mundy. I mean, I'd love to see him get to 400. Um, he's quite a likable dude. I, I don't know. I mean, the Fremantle team has has to evolve around Mundy. They, they can't be relying on him. It's got to be a team effort. So, um, you know, I give him a pass if, if that's what you're suggesting. You know, he's you, saying you didn't think he was great. I just thought, like, in a game where it's so physical, like, he yeah. didn't have a good game. And he didn't use it well as well. So it's like, if you're not using the ball well, if you can't match the physicality of the midfield that you're coming up against. Like, I love David Money, and I want to see him play for another season or two. I want to see the man win a premiership. But, like, I don't know. When um, you're taking away midfield minutes from maybe someone like a Will Brody, who's a contested ball, or even in that five who we're trying to get back into form, I just feel like David Mundy was not well suited to the game on Saturday. But... Yeah, it was, a, it was a disappointing game. We had bugger all inside 50s all game. We were just dominated out of the middle, and that's all that the game was. We were constantly on the back foot. Um, and if our defense wasn't so good, it definitely could have been a 50, 60-point margin, which I think it was last year when we played Carlton at Marvel. But, you know, the Blues, they're, they're going all right. They bounced back, got a big win, um, and Charlie Kerno was unreal, um, as he as he has been this season. Who are you going to give your losers of the week to, Jesse? My losers of the week, uh, it was a tough round in terms of, we all know, like all the top eight were playing each other, right? So there's a lot of eight-point games in this, and I think the most disappointing performance we saw was probably St Kilda. Um, they are just bleeding at the moment, just completely trending in the wrong direction. And yes, it is a moment in time, and they can recover, but, you know, to, to get belt, belted in the way that they did against a side that, you know, the, the winner was going to stay in the eight and the loser was going to fall out... Really disappointing performance, and I think uh, that echoes what their fans are suggesting. I think, what, they kicked like four goals eight or something, or maybe five goals two, I can't remember, but they scored 32 points. Um, pretty uncompetitive effort, and yeah, the last three haven't been great for the Saints. It's frustrating as a St. Gilda fan when you've seen how good they were earlier in the season, 
and it's just like a completely bipolar side now after that buy, like losing to Essendon and after watching Essendon on Friday night, realizing how bad they are, like how can St. Kilda not get over the top of an Essendon um, and then go to Sydney and not even compete? Like the last two weeks have just been non-competitive efforts when a few months ago they were considered like a top eight, uh, top four fancy um, and yeah, been a real contender this year, but definitely a loser of the week this week. They've dropped out of the top eight, Jesse, and we've got a question from mainly AFL 16, who wants to know, will the Saints make finals? If the way, if the trend keeps going the way that it is, I don't see them doing it. No, it's hard to have any confidence in them right now. I, I, we should reiterate, it is a moment in time, right? Like, so teams, teams have terrible patches throughout the year. You know, Fremantle had that two-week period. Um, losing to the Suns and then Collingwood and you're like, oh shit, it's all falling apart and then they beat Melbourne. So St Kilda, it is a pretty bad patch of form. I think to answer the question though, I think unlike last year, we have probably 11 or 12 teams that aren't that far off top eight pace. Whereas last year I felt that, you know, we had six and then, you know, Sydney in seventh. (laughs) Yeah, Sydney in seventh and then West Coast and Essendon were battling for eighth. And I think Port Adelaide and Gold Coast are at least on the level of West Coast and Essendon last year, or at least around that mark. So that's 12 teams instead of eight. So Mm -hmm. it leaves St Kilda in a tough position where there's some really good teams that could finish ahead of them and then both teams um, miss the finals. It's just competitive. (laughs) So um, if they keep bleeding games, then yeah, they're probably going to miss out. So I wouldn't rule them out, but um, yeah, hard to back them in right now. You did say it's like a moment in time and... Like, they, yeah, in a few weeks, they could be back into form. And that's the thing I sort of took out of the Frio game. It's like, yeah, we've lost to Colton, and as much as I hate losing to Colton and it makes me dead inside, it's just a it's just a lesson. Like, when you're a contender and your weaknesses get exposed, you just build on that. But with St. Kilda, I feel like the performance was so heartless. Like, they didn't look threatening at all. Um, that's that's the concerning thing for me. You know, I love to bring in references to the 2018 Premiership as much as possible, but I, I'll just recall that I remember a few games that year where we looked absolutely pathetic. I think we got annihilated by North, we got annihilated by Essendon, um, and then things corrected themselves over time. So, uh, yes, St Kilda were pathetic, but, um, you know, their best football, they've proven that they're top, you know, six quality side in my opinion, but it, it all comes down to the strength of competition. And this year they're unlucky in the sense that it's a really strong field. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up, buckle up for the quick fire steamroll. Jesse, you have 30 seconds to answer as many quick fire questions as you can. You know how this works by now. So let's just get into it. Three, two, when is the Colton flag window open? Uh, now. Is Charlie Kernow a top three forward? Fuck, that is hard. Um, no. Are Melbourne still flag favourites, or are Geelong, Frio, and the Blues all even now? Maybe Brisbane? Nah, Melbourne ahead. Do Eagles have a chance next year? For the grand final? No. Should Essendon sack Truck and go for Clarko? Maybe. Yes. Will Saints finish below Gold Coast? No. Alright, that's it. Let me count those up. Those were thinkers. I had yeah, to think about... The, the Kerno one, I, I don't know. I, I mean, immediately Hawkins and Cameron came to mind, and then I was like, surely there's someone else. So I said yes, but maybe he is third. I don't know. Well, he's leading the Coleman, right? Yeah, he is, and he's been fantastic. So I might have done yeah. him a, done him dirty there, but I'd still have Hawkins and Cameron, my two. I'm a big fan of them. 
But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kerno could be third. He's probably it's the best. It's crazy how good best. Hawkins... Let, let me just count these up and then we'll, sorry, and then we'll sorry. talk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you got six, but yeah, as you said, they were thinkers. So mm. they, they, they were quick fire questions, which we like, but they, they were also thinkers. A lot of the time it's like, yes, no, yes, mm. no, and you might get eight. But um, yeah, I think Charlie Kerno is definitely a top three forward at the moment, to be honest. It's crazy how good Hawkins is so late in his career. Like it, He's getting if, better. Yeah. It's like, it's if, you, if you were a time traveler four years ago, and you, if Tom Hawkins was a time traveler and you put him in four years ago, like you wouldn't be like, oh, he's getting old, isn't he? Like He's still as good as he was. Yeah, I agree. He um and he yeah, it doesn't look anywhere near retiring. That's the scary thing with Geelong. You think the their side is aging, but it doesn't seem to matter. Timeless. <laughs> so um yeah, on that one, probably Kerno may be the third best actually. Other games include Jesse. We'll go to West Coast versus Essendon on Friday night. A real clash of the Titans, as we alluded to last week. Defensive structure non-existent, but it was a, it was a decent game to watch just because there were lots of goals kicked. Nice to get a win on the board, buddy. Yes, I knew I knew you'd make it sound patronizing, even though we won. <laughs> Come on. When you have Peter Wright like wide open by himself inside fifty off like a real slow build up, it's like where where is your actual structure and shape? It wasn't well, it wasn't there. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not going to say that we're a good defensive side at the moment. We we do get caught on the hop a bit. Um, in this particular game, obviously, there's no McGovern, so we had Barras trying to, to man him, but then no one to guard space in front. Um, so we didn't have the best matchup for him. But And Peter Wright's a bloody good player, I reckon. I'm a big fan. So um, I don't really have any issue with Tom Barras's performance. Um, West Coast, get the win. Essendon are a very, very stinky side. They've got enough quality. And I thought they were sort of competitive through this game, which shows me that they just don't know how to execute their game plan. So when, in my mind, I'm, I'm starting to look at the coaches. So what do you reckon about that? Yeah, it, yeah, that's a very logical way of looking at it. I, I think they they don't just drop off a cliff for no reason. Um, they do have some, some injuries. Like, I think, is it Mer- Merritt and Parrish? Um, mm. out and then Hurley and, and um, uh, there's others that I'm forgetting maybe Devin Smith I, ca- I can't remember but their injury list is short but talented but uh, you, you could criticise the coaches but um, probably too small a sample size to be throwing Ben Rutten out uh, I did mm. reference Clarko because I think that's a little bit different you have the arguably the best coach of the modern era available then you know, I'd back Essendon to go for it but um, yeah the criticism's valid I, I think this game and I, I know I'm an Eagles fan but I think this game is better than you're making it sound it was I thought I think West Coast have turned a corner in some to some extent I don't think it's the same as Essendon just losing to the second worst side I think we were beaten a few teams that game and I think Essendon obviously could have won the game um, so yeah, I don't think the, the game was as pathetic, but if you look at the context of this, the whole season in general, obviously Essendon's underperforming. All right. I'll stop being a hater and we'll move on to Geelong versus Richmond, which was one of the more, most entertaining games to watch this year. Like it was so close all the way down to the wire, but as a Geelong fan, you would have been pissed given that you were 36 points up in the second quarter and then you ended up being two goals down at one point, a 48 point swing. What's that? Eight goals, something like that. But it was a great game to watch. Jack Henry comes back into the side, goes up forward and takes an unbelievable mark to kick the the game-winning goal. It was a big win for Geelong. It keeps them in that contender status. As you were saying, every game this week was just about an eight-pointer. So it was a massive win for them. And it dips Richmond out of the eight, I want to say, as well. Um, Yeah, I think they're ninth. Yeah, how do you rate Geelong's chances this year and what did you think of the game? 
Great game, as you say, one of the games of the year. Um, Geelong, I don't think are the second best side in the comp, to be honest. I, um, I, I don't have them ahead of Fremantle on Brisbane at the moment. I think they've just been reliable, um, which, you know, obviously gets results because you, um, they, if they finish top two, they're a good chance to win it. But I just don't see them um, as being able to match it with the, you know, a Melbourne in particular in, in finals. So... Um, that being said as well, they've, they've also, um, done themselves, well, Tom Stewart's done a, um, had, had a massive, uh, brain fart and I don't know how many weeks he could miss, maybe three or four. Uh, I'm not yeah. really good with the tribunal predictions, uh, <laughs> who is really, uh, but you know, that, that could be a long-term, uh, suspension. So that, that is a blow. So a real bittersweet result for them. Um, and, uh, but Richmond are a very good side. So, um, yeah. a three point win, take that to the bank. It sucks for Tom Stewart, like he's an All-Australian player. It's just a split-second stupid decision that he makes that's going to cost him so much. And he was one of the best on ground, I thought, as well for the Cats. So he'll be sorely missed. We'll move on to another clash of the Titans, North versus Adelaide. We don't have to talk about this game too much. Adelaide come out 57-point winners, which just shows where North Melbourne are at. But their forward line, when you look at it on paper, you've got Larky and then your two smalls, Stevenson and Zerha. They should be able to kick more scores than they have been this season. But Taron Thomas hasn't been having a good time at uh, North this year. And he's been playing down forward as well. Like Last year, we saw so many good signs from him. And he's been put in the forward line. Like Last year, he was playing so much more midfield time around the ball and whatnot. And obviously, he hasn't been in good form. And it's no surprise that he hasn't been played in his best position. Don't give me too much about this game, but just give me whatever you have. <laughs> Yeah, North are nowhere near as bad as they're playing. Um, and I, I think it's mental as much as anything, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I see it with my club as well, just to bring it back to them. But, I mean, the improvement in form for us hasn't come from, you know, players coming back or anything like that. It just came from a, a good run of form in the third quarter against Adelaide. And suddenly, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we're actually all right. And then we carry <laughs> that form forward. And, and North yeah. haven't had that moment yet. So they're just still playing like dare I say it, a bunch of losers because they're so used to losing, it becomes a habit. Um, yeah. And that they're, they're better than what they're demonstrating. They're not one of the worst teams ever, but the stats do suggest that. Collingwood played GWS today, and it was an 11-point margin in the end with a late surge from the Giants, but it was 33 scoring shots to 17. Collingwood were in the driver's seat for this whole game. Collingwood get a lot of hate because they're just like a club that not many people like, especially in Victoria. I don't really dislike the Pies. But they've won their last five. They've won seven out of their last ten. They're the most informed side in the competition. What do you think is the... Is there anything that makes you think, nah, they're not ready to go for a flag this year? Because every week I watch them, I'm like, I don't see many holes in this side. With the amount of talent they have, their defense is rock solid. They've got veteran midfielders who are still, like, sort of at the tail end of their prime. Like, it's not like they've dropped off a cliff, like guys like Pendlebury and Crisp and maybe sidebottom to an extent. But then you've got the young flair all throughout that side as well. So is there a cap on what you think Collingwood can achieve this year? No, like when you, I must admit, I completely misread their list to some extent this year um, because, you know, they were terrible last year, let's face it. But um, the in terms of the balance, like their best 22 is strong. There's a lot of players in their prime and they've drafted well. So the young guys come in and are performing well straight away because they've invested. Um 
No, nah, their best football is elite. It's fantastic. I've been talking about up all year. I guess their only vulnerability is that, you know, throughout the season they've had games where they just were terrible. Um, and it's been a while since the last one, to be fair. But obviously the longer the hot streak goes, you feel like there's a few coming still. So it's probably just consistency. As, as boring and vanilla as it sounds, that's what will hold them back. And I I think they well, could been cause a stir. for a while now. Like, even in the yeah. early parts of the season, like for the first month of the season, I think they maybe lost one game, but... To us. Um, in, yeah, yeah, to you. And that that was a, a real good game from West Coast. But like... Yeah, that's true. People are saying like, oh, Collingwood mo- won't make the top eight. It's like, why would they not? They've beaten Frio. They've beaten Melbourne. Like, breeze past GWS today. So Carlton too, in that Carlton as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they've had massive wins this season. I think people need to put a bit more respect on the Collingwood Magpies. The only issue I have with Collingwood is Jack Ginnivan. Cannot stand that bloke at all. Um, anyhow, we'll move on to the last game of the round, which is Port versus Gold Coast, which was a great game to watch. Um, again, another eight-pointer, as I've already said. Um, but Gold Coast just looked, I felt, like they were going to just punch through at some point in this game. They ended up losing by two points. My beard Chol had two shots on goal that skimmed the post. That was literally the difference in the game. I had said last week that Gold Coast will compete for four quarters, and they did. And I um, just couldn't get the chocolates in the end. Port got an important four points if they are to make finals. They're, I think they're only like a game off it now. So, yeah, we'll see how they go. Did you watch this game? What did you make of it? Thoughts, queries, questions? <laughs> I didn't watch the game, I'll admit. I did follow it on my phone uh, because Noel Anderson was having a stinker in, in my fantasy team. But um, I will say this without needing to watch the game. You've got to give Stewie Jew a contract now. I'd give him a, at least a two-year deal because the the improvement from Gold Coast is undeniable and we're yeah. post-buy now. We're round 15 next 15. week. And Gold Coast... 16 next week. Right, yes. And Gold Coast are, you know, arguably better than they were in round one, I would say, as opposed to the trend in recent years. So, um, invest, I would say. It's it's not time for a new coach. I think Stewie Jew's earned some faith and um, he does... He deserves to have some security. Don't go to the end of the year without knowing if he's got a future there next year. I think it's time. 100%. Gold Coast are doing good. Port Adelaide yeah. won this game, but we're talking about Gold Coast. Good like, point. Yeah. Their, um, their whole list is solid now. Like, it's not like they have these players that are coming in every week and dropping out. Like, they've got yep. solid keys. They've got solid runoff half back. Um, they've got good uh, agents. Oh, I'm not, I don't know if they're free agents, but they've traded them well. Chol, um, Ellis brings that, that experience from Richmond. Markov of half back has been good. Ainsworth, they got in the draft a few years ago, has been real solid. So, Gold Coast. They're, they're tracking well, and I agree. Stewie Jew's been building something for so long. It's the best Gold Coast have ever been doing. So why would you throw that in the bin at this point? Yeah, and it's worth noting they're doing this without their best player last year, Ben King. Um, mm-hmm. when, when he did his ACL preseason, we thought, oh, gee, it's going to be a long year for the Suns, but they've, um, you know, they're going to be fantastic next year when he comes back in. Did you have a good round tipping this week, Jesse? Someone sent me a picture of your form. I got eight out of nine. I got Fremantle wrong. So yes, How that is pretty good. How did you get eight out of nine this week? That is absurd. I thought it was a pretty easy round to tip, but I guess it's easy to say that when you get eight out of, eight out of nine. I thought I tipped most of the favourites. That is hot. That is great form from you. Let's get into the round 16 tips. Thursday night again, Brisbane again facing the Bulldogs. Brisbane need a win. They need a big statement win, and I think they'll get it against the Dogs. This was a great game last year, and the Dogs are in good form, to be fair. But you just have more faith in Brisbane to get this one done. 
Yeah, I agree. It is the scene of the crime where uh, Bailey Williams... Uh, sorry, Bailey Smith, rather. Oh, Eagle's on the brain. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, there's technically a Bailey Williams, the dogs. Uh, anyway, yeah, the dogs obviously had a famous win there last year, but I think Brisbane will bounce back because they usually do. Yep, Colton versus St. Kilda. Colton look like they're going to start steaming again. St. Kilda are stinking again. Friday night at Marvel, Colton should get the chocolates. You'd think so, but either of these sides, I'm not confident. I am going to tip Carlton, but um, this one has some fart stank about it. It could go either way for me. <laughs> Speaking of fart stank, we've got Essendon uh, playing. <laughs> that, that's the end of the fart stank, playing Sydney at the MCG. Sydney play well at the MCG. Essendon are a bottom dweller at the moment. It's got to be Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, well, Sydney just coming off that 52-point win, but be very surprised. But these two sides have good encounters against each other. It's always a good game, so hopefully it's close. That's true. Adelaide host Melbourne. This was a good game last year. Adelaide caused the upset. I don't see Melbourne dropping it this year, though, especially after the win last week. Yeah, Melbourne have had their dip. They're not going to make the same mistake twice. They should win. Uh, Geelong play North at GMHBA. They are paying a dollar and one cent. Can you imagine if North won this? Wait, Geelong are that's, that's all second? What the hell? I didn't realise that. Yeah, Geelong are second. That's why what? I was really happy about uh, them winning because you were very chirpy this weekend at Fremantle and then fourth. <laughs> yeah, all right. Geelong got to win that. Um, Metricon hosts uh, Collingwood. Gold Coast versus Collingwood. That'll be a good game again. Um, Collingwood, as you said, they've been on a high. feel like this could be a diff. I'm going to tip the upset and go Gold Coast. I'll tip Collingwood because I think they've earned it, but it's pretty close. I, I like this. If you hadn't have said it, I would have said upset of the round, but I will go different and go Collingwood. I think most people will tip Collingwood, but yeah, like we've seen teams that have had good form for so long and then they come up against a competitive side and just drop. And I feel like Gold Coast go all right. They beat Collingwood last year um, at the MCG. And I remember them just years ago beating Collingwood in a massive upset. Not that that holds any relevance, but I'm <laughs> back in uh, Gold Coast for another upset against Collingwood. Uh, you're playing Richmond this round at the MCG, so I'm going to tip Richmond. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely tipping Richmond, but uh, we have definitely turned the corner. I read the tea leaves correctly last week. I tipped it, uh, tipped West Coast to beat Essendon, even with Nick Nat back. I just, I just hope we put in, you know, lose by four goals would be a good result. Yeah. <laughs> uh, GWS versus Hawthorne Jesus Christ That's going to be a tough one to tip 14th versus yeah. 15th uh, How did the Giants go this Oh they did alright I think the Giants have improved a lot uh, Since Cameron left um, mm. They had a couple of wins Over some shitty teams West Coast and North And then had three pretty gallant defeats um, The most recent one against Collingwood I think they've improved enough I'm going to tip them and Tip GWS to beat Hawthorne I'm tipping GWS Yeah all right, I'm going to follow you there. And then Frio take on Port at home Sunday afternoon. Frio have to bounce back, simply have to. Um, although Port played better this week, feel like we, we have to learn our lesson if we are going to be a contender and improve and have a massive statement result this week against the power. Yeah, Free, Fremantle will win this, uh, but I could see Port making a game of it. I reckon it could be like that Fremantle-Hawthorne game. Uh, I just think Port uh, have got a bit about them over the last couple of weeks, and I know they only won by two points today, but... I'd say 12 points. All right, I like that. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Drew Footy Show. I'd say go check out Jesse's channel, but you've probably already seen all of the latest videos on there that were posted <laughs> about three weeks ago. But thank you for keeping the Drew Footy Show alive regardless, buddy. Anytime, buddy. It's my bit for the community and, and for charity. Happy birthday to me. If this is out yes. on Tuesday, it's my birthday. So 
subscribe as my birthday present and like the video to support me in the Druzy algorithm if you made it this far in the YouTube algorithm if you made it this far and we'll see you in the next video take care you plonkers uh, friendship is finally age appropriate see you in the next video <laughs> <laughs>